Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Kennel-Mesa. I'm joined by Mike Rowe. Hope everyone is doing well out there. Today we'll be joined by Trey McBride, the heralded 6'4", 260-pound junior tight end out of Fort Morgan, who gave CSU fans a big boost this past weekend when he tweeted that he was, after all, going to stay at CSU, uh, despite entering the transfer portal last week. Uh, it was looking like he was going to transfer to a program that you know intends to play this fall and then defensive lineman Manny Jones said the same thing and after all of the postponement of football and the allegations it was uh, doomsday for CSU fans but uh, it was a month from hell for sure Michael and uh, but oh and we don't forget the, the Mike uh, Warren Jackson hopping out of senior year to prepare for the NFL so not a lot of good news but then uh, Trey decided he was going to stay then Manny Jones decided he was going to stay so It'll be a great conversation with Trey, and lo we'll look forward to talking to him about those things uh, and much more. So, uh, Mike, before we get to it, I got to tell you that I got some family coming in town this week. My uncle uh, and my cousin among them, both are big beer connoisseurs, and uh, Thursday I'm going to take them up on a brewery call, uh, crawl where uh, we're going to hit a several of the popular breweries in Fort Collins, and we're going to start uh, with none other than my favorite brewery, Mighty River Brewing Company. And... Dan Miller, the owner, is going to give us a private tour of the facility, show us how they make their beers, and uh, and meanwhile, we'll be sampling all their beers so uh, until our heart's content. So it's awesome. Uh, my uncle. Yeah, I tell you, I'm I'm jealous. I literally just cracked open a, a wicked awesome, wicked awesome, um, <laughs> their IPA. So yeah, I mean that's that's a, always a great time. I know whenever I have family come in, that's one of the things that we like to do is bounce around in the brewery. So. Yeah, hitting up a uh, mighty mighty river. Uh, that's the best way to start. Yep, I'm jealous that you actually have some of those beers left. Mine are fresh out, but I will pick some. <laughs> I'm gonna pick some up so tomorrow. So Dan, sure. Dan, we need some more. Dan, hook us up. I'm coming up, and and I would love to take some to go. Um, so anyway, just want to uh, encourage our fans to uh, support Dan Miller and Mighty River Brewing Company. These guys are awesome. Um, they they are a huge help to RamNation.com great sponsor and you will fall in love with their uh their couple dozens of beers on tap there's something for everyone to enjoy and then michael's capping off the night with dinner at the cash restaurant at ginger and baker up on the rooftop ginger so, ginger's an amazing person she's awesome every interaction i ever had with her was just so positive she's yep. such a great great person so yep and she yeah, runs no, up. that place is awesome the food is so good and we're definitely going to need it after a long day of drinking a lot of beer uh, so we'll be sitting up on the gorgeous rooftop with, with the great view and the huge fireplace and TVs. It's an awesome setting for sure. And, and Ginger Graham, as you said, um, is, is an awesome person. Her, her and her team have worked really hard to create a lot of outdoor seating, both up on the rooftop, the patio, sidewalk, to give a lot of open air seating options as possible. So uh, it's a stunning place. The food and drinks are unbeatable, and so is the facility itself. So support Ginger and Baker as well. They're, in, they're an awesome animation spot. So... Michael, before we bring on Trey here in a minute, uh, I want to go through a few topics with you uh, on some of the, the news that has hit recently. Uh, first, uh, locally, how, how, in your mind, how huge was it to get some positive news that Trey and Manny are returning to CSU? You made the point last week, you know, that just because you entered the transfer portal doesn't necessarily mean you're leaving. You said there was a chance he'd come back. I personally thought he was long gone. He was hell-bent on playing and positioning himself for the NFL, and and uh, but you were right, and I'm very glad you were right. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong. I mean, every every kid, you always have to 
I mean, everybody in life, you, you always have to look at all your options and see uh, and weigh everything and see what fits you and, and what's going to be best for you and, and your future. And, and like I said last week, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, with kicking the tires and, and seeing. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean, seemed like he felt that he wanted to be a CSU Ram. So that, you know, it's just after, after a tough month, you know, I mean, honestly, after a tough six months, you know, we, we, we were having a great spring practice and then that just ends halfway through and then going from, well, we'll, we'll be playing to, well, we'll, we'll be playing with a 50, 50% capacity, then a 25% capacity. And then, well, no non-conference games, then an eight game schedule to we're postponing fall. I mean, and, and throw in uh, an investigation for COVID mis- misconduct and, uh, and uh, a racial and, and, and toxic <laughs> environment, you know, we needed something. We needed something positive. And, and we got it with, with Trey and Manny decided to, deciding to come back. You know, I 100% believe him when he says that his heart has always been at CSU and that he wanted to remain at CSU. But, I, you know, I also wonder if he and Manny both didn't get the information that they needed to in a timely manner re- regarding a waiver. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to leave a place that you like if you're if you know you're not going to be able to play right away. And and I think everything was predicated. That was the whole reason you wanted to leave. You wanted to play immediately. So if he didn't have those answers, you know, uh, we can ask him about that. But that, well, and, uh, and you know. Another thing that, that crossed my mind is how how confident are these other teams that they're actually going to play? I mean, you look at the University of Alabama. They had five. They've been in class for six days, and they've had five hundred positive tests. This is this is at Tuscaloosa. The AD's been begging begging students to wear masks, to social distance, to be smart on as far as socializing outside. And they got 500 tests positives <laughs> within six days. So I'm, I'm wondering how much of it was, okay, look, we might not play this fall. And how much of it is, you know what, there's a very strong chance that CSU will be playing in the spring. So it's one of those, like, do I chance leaving when we might not play anyway? Or do I stay here when it's starting to look more and more like we will play in the spring? So. So I don't. I mean, again, I, I'm just happy that that they're both coming back, and and definitely means a lot to to Ram fans right now. Looking forward to talking to him. He is a um, great representative for the university for sure. Um, the college football playoff, Michael, announced a couple of days ago that if there is a season this fall, the playoff will take place as scheduled, and only this fall. There will not be one in the spring. Uh, so the, the college football playoff selection committee will consider only the, the 76 teams that are set to play, which is what the ACC, Big 12, SEC, American, Conference USA, Sunbelt, and then a few of the independents. So now that that's been said publicly, is there, there's got to be even more pressure on the Big 10, which has had player protests and parent protests and coaches pleading to play. Uh, there's, you know, what's, what's that pressure looking like for them to reinstate football uh, for the fall? Again, it just goes back to lack of leadership from the NCAA. It's, it's crazy for them to, to come out and say that. I mean, you look at the, the Big Ten, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. But you 
also look at the the supposed vote. It was ten to two, and I and I'm guessing two abstained, uh, or maybe it was twelve to two. Two two voted to to play this fall. I'm guessing that was probably Nebraska and Ohio State, but all the other chancellors and and, and school presidents voted against it. And like Kelly Lyle said last week, I mean they're the ones that have the power. They're the ones that make the decisions, not ADs, not fans. It's it's the the presidents. So, I mean, it, again, it's interesting. At, at Pac-12, I mean, they don't they never go to the playoffs anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> doesn't really matter what you know what they're thinking because they suck. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> All right, so we talked about this a little last week, but uh, the NCAA Division One Council on Wednesday. Um, approved a proposal to actually this was last Wednesday so um, so a week ago but they approved a proposal to grant all fall student athletes an extra year of eligibility no matter if they play a 2020-21 season or not so uh, basically all athletes playing this fall have a fifth in in some cases a sixth year of eligibility so seniors on those squads won't count against the roster limits which in football has been 85 so for instance CSU They've got 18 scholarship earning seniors on the football team. If they all decide to return for a second senior season, you could conceivably have, you know, barring any attrition, 103 scholarship players on your roster. That's an extra 18 scholarships CSU is going to have to carry. Granted, they do have the choice whether or not they want to carry those scholarships. They, they could just decline. But, um, you know, I, I, how does CSU come up with that extra money for 18 additional scholarships in a year? And I, I guess the following year, you would start trimming your recruiting class and making it smaller. Um, you know, do you, do you cut it by 15 players the following year to, to get back to even? It's, I don't know. It, there's a lot of issues with this. And then think about this. I mean, it, I think one of, the, one of the things that has leveled the playing field between Power Fives and, and Group of Five schools over the last couple decades has been the 85-man scholarship limit. You know, you, you can't stockpile as many studs. But now, I mean, this, at least for a short period, there's going to be, you know, the, I think there is going to be a, a separation between the Power Five and the G5 if they've got, you know, an extra senior class full of four- and five-star athletes on, True. on their roster. True, but I think with, with that, I mean, going, going to your first question about, you know, what will CSU do, I know this is, this is a tough situation for, for all colleges. I know my, my wife where my wife works, they're trying to figure it out at the division two level at a school where tuition is nowhere near what, what CSU is and either is revenue. I mean, it, I mean, it goes both ways, but they're, they're trying to figure out how or if they will grant those, those seniors an extra year, or if they will, you know, release them from their scholarships and, and move on. Uh, I know last uh, Joe, uh, Parker said last last spring that they would honor the seniors who missed their spring season uh, with their scholarships for for another year. Uh, you know, but that's that would be a full calendar year of seniors in every sport that you know that we'd have to come up with. Yeah, it's definitely something that you know. And again, Kelly Kelly alluded to this. You know, we have a very strong donor base especially going off of, I mean, we, we, we met, crossed that billion, billion dollar uh, mark 
this year, I think we went to 1.18 billion in uh, research and and other donations coming into coming into CSU. So it'll probably have to be something that we have to dip into that. Sounded like we got a good de- uh, deal with our bond, so we won't be having a, a three-year deal where we won't be paying on that stadium. So some of those, some of that funding could probably be uh, switched over to cover that extra cost of, of scholarships. Um, going over your second point about super seniors and, and having uh, super classes like they used to have it in the big eight in the eighties, you know, I think today's athletes you know, aren't into that. I mean, yeah, I mean, just look at Justin Fields. I mean, this is a kid that went to top, top quarterback recruit, went to Georgia, felt slighted. So then he went to Ohio state after one year and, and and actually playing as a freshman, not even having to, to redshirt, having to play, but wasn't just automatically given the, the starting job at Georgia. So he left. He went to Ohio State. And, and I think you see more more players like that today. So I think that kind of levels out the playing field too. So that if there is – I mean, you, you, you take it in Ohio State who might have 20, 20 seniors and, and – Maybe twelve of them don't de- de- uh, decide not to go to the NFL and and to return. That could probably hurt their recruiting class because of that. And then maybe that benefits something someone like us. Okay, good points. Um, so how how's this for the whiny award winner of the day? And this is coming from <laughs> from Navy head coach Ken Niumataola, who I've always liked. But uh, here's the scenario: as of now, Army. Navy and Air Force are still planning on playing one another this year in football. Um, Navy will play a regular season as part of the American Athletic Conference, and Army will play. I don't know how many of these games have gotten canceled. I know one or two of them have, but I think so. They play at least, I think they plan to play up to 10 games um, as an independent. Air Force, though, as part of the Mountain West, will only play two games this year, and those are the two commander-in-chief games that they've got against Army on November 7th and uh, Navy on October 3rd. And uh, Niamatoola, he questioned the fairness of Air Force uh, playing just two games and still being able to compete for the commander-in-chief trophy. He said, and this is a quote, they practice for two months to get ready for us while we're getting beat up. So you play for the commander-in-chief's trophy who has a leg. So who has a leg up in that scenario? A team that sits around and waits it could be like four years ago when we were banged up when we went in the army game. And he says, I don't know if it's in our best interest to play air force. What a bunch of crap. How crappy is that? You could also argue that, by the way, argue that Navy has a leg up because it's actually playing week in and week out against real competition and not just practicing. Um, but exactly. either way, either way, it's not air force's fault. I know you hate air force, but it's not their fault that they can't play a full season. Just shut your mouth and play the game. This is a weird, weird season. Don't, I couldn't believe that came from him. So and and you look at it. I mean, Air Force is going to have ten hours a week. It's not like they're they're going to be putting in full full week long practices designed strictly for Navy. Gosh, I'm going to have to cheer for Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, an it's Air Force fan out of you. Uh, I I won't go that far. I won't go that far. I mean, it would be great if. I mean, I don't know if it's possible. Like they could just do it on their own. I know that what the Big Ten said to Nebraska when they're like, you know, well, maybe we'll just go find another conference to play in this year and 
and they put the hammer down on that pretty quick with 50 million reasons why. But if why not like CSU and, and Air Force and, and Wyoming and, and CU playing a four game schedule or three game schedule and then let ha- let Air Force have their, the other two games with the other service academies, you know, and throw in UNC for the mix. Why not? I mean, I'm sure they, they could go for a little bit of something, you know. It's just – Again, it's just the, with this lack of leadership and from the NCAA and 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 honestly, the, the lack of innovation. I mean, this this could be a time where where the NCAA really looks at at this at our product and revolutionizes it and and modernizes it and and makes it something for everybody. I mean, I mean, there's just so many chances and and I, they're just kind of blowing it. You know, and, and, and it's, again, you, you just hope that there's not, like, too bad of repercussions where, I mean, the, the whole system implodes. Sorry for my rant. That's, you're right on. Uh, we feel the same. All right, last tidbit. Um, news out of San Diego. The San Diego State Aztec Club reported a record of uh, $33.6 million in pledges and commitments for the academic year <clears throat> um, ending in June. And uh, that includes 6.1 million for the annual fund. And they also set records in total donors and a bunch of other categories, which is crazy in a, in a pandemic year with no football season. But uh, let me remind you that they're building a brand new football stadium. And it's amazing what a new football stadium can do for your program. And it's, it's, we saw that happen with CSU, the fundraising boosted. We saw ticket numbers go up, people more engaged. Um, so the people arguing against things like this in progress is is ridiculous but it is a shame that we won't get to use our beautiful Kansas Stadium this fall you know it, it'll be great for San Diego State I mean obviously it's tough <laughs> wanting another uh, Mountain West school to keep improving but you know it's a it's obviously one of the best cities in the in the the U.S. I mean I absolutely love San Diego and have been have been to that stadium stadium a couple times for Holiday Bowls to their old, the old Jack Murph, uh, QCOM Stadium. Been there a couple, a couple Holiday Bowls, and then one San Diego State game. And I mean, it's it, it'll be so good for them because I mean that stadium. I mean, it was hardly full for for Chargers games, let alone Aztec games. And and having something closer to to, to campus and and something that's their own. You know, it just brings so much pride, and 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 like you said, we saw it with 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 Canvas, and it's something that it's. It, I mean, it's good for the Mountain West. It, 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 again, you, we don't want somebody to jump ahead of us, but you know, it, it's it's great for the Mountain West, and and hopefully, it, it gets us to that, you know, so-called Power Six conference. A rising tide raises all boats, as Sonny would say. <laughs> yep. Well, Michael, uh, let's pause for a second so we can connect with Trey McBride. He'll be with us in a moment. Stay with us. All right. Our guest this week is a rising star in college football, a first-team All-Mountain West selection last season at 45 catches for 560 yards and four touchdowns. 
He made the Mackey watch list. Also played uh, in 12 games his freshman season, starting five of those. He's definitely a key piece of the CSU football program. He's an NFL prospect, which is uh, why it was brutal to learn last week that he might be transferring. But uh, now he's decided to stay. We're super excited about that. Trey, brother, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. First man, I guess, uh, how have you been hanging in there? And, uh, you know, with, with COVID, with the quarantine months ago, with all this crazy stuff going on in school and football and, and, uh, and then, I mean, are, have you started classes yet? How is that looking? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a little bit different and a little odd uh, compared to an, a normal year. Uh, we started classes on uh, Monday and a lot of it's online. Um, a lot of it's like pre-recorded, so you have a lot more free time. I guess it's it's a lot different than than a normal school year, but um, definitely adjusting to everything that's that's going on and trying to make the most of it and and uh, controlling what we can control. And that's just um, when we're able to work out and, and doing stuff on our own. Because right now it's just a lot of uh, accountability and, and doing stuff on your own. But um, just trying to make the most of it for sure. What are you? Uh, what's your field of study at CSU? Yeah, so I'm a I'm in the school of business uh, with an accounting concentration. So uh, I'm doing like accounting right now. Um, so it's kind of hard, you know, a lot of these math classes and stuff with with online. Um, it's a little bit tougher to learn, at least for me. Um, but I mean, trying to make the most of it for sure. One of these days, ask your ask your teachers about the old math mods at CSU. That was definitely not the most ideal way of learning. It's basically, yeah. basically it's just trying to memorize tests. You go in and, and try to crank out a test, and if it didn't work, you were allowed to take one 24 hours later, and you just kept trying to get the right – you, yeah. you kept, just kept trying to find a, a test that you had already seen before. So That's dumb. But uh, anyway, can you walk us through your past couple of weeks – you know, when, when the Mountain West decided that it wasn't going to play fall football, you went through a process where you thought, you know what, I, I need to be playing. You know, you want to position yourself for the NFL down the road here. How, how did that process work, determining that transferring was your best bet and then ultimately deciding that you were going to stay? Yeah, so um, it was obviously a bummer when the Mountain West decided to to cancel the fall. I mean, um, that's what everyone here wants to do. Everyone wants to play football. Um, and it's just, it's really unfortunate that, that um, a pandemic has, has done this. But um, so with that being said, I, I, uh, I was like, well, I want to play football this fall. Like there's nothing that's going to keep me out. So I was like, well, then let me just kind of do a little research. And then there's obviously a few uh, uh, conferences that are still playing. So I'm like, what? Well, I, I feel like I'm good enough to go play in these conferences and, um, but then it was the, the main thing was the immediately the immediate uh, eligibility. And that was something that is very tricky and, and it's kind of a lot of steps and kind of a weird thing. But with that, you have to have a waiver. So you, you get enrolled into a, a, a school, whether that's in the ACC, SEC, no matter what. And you have to get a waiver pass to um, be immediately immediately eligible and with that um I was reading a lot of stuff doing a ton of research because I didn't want to go across the country and go play in another conference for for my waiver not to get passed that was the main thing like I'm only going if I know for sure my waiver is going to get passed and and none of these schools could really guarantee that 
because they didn't really know if their season was going to happen, if right. the way to pass. And that was the main thing for me is like, I'm not going to sit out. I'm not, I'm not going to transfer because that's not what I want. I want to, I want to go in and I want to play right now. And, and that's what I wanted. And, and none of these schools could really guarantee. I mean, it, 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 they were like, yeah, we think we we think this, but it was just, it was really hard. And, and, um, and I just, in my, in my heart, I didn't feel like this was the right thing for me. I mean, I, at first I was like, let's do it, let's go. And then, then I just kind of, I thought about it, talked to a lot of important people to me and, and people that are close to me and, and know my values and stuff. And, and that's what ultimately made me decide to stay because I mean, this is where I'm from. This is, this is my home state. This is um, everything. So this is where I want to play, but it's, it's just unfortunate that they canceled football this year. And uh, after a ton of thought and consideration and stress and, and everything, I, uh, I finally figured it out and that um, I think this coaching staff has everything that I need here. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to stay in place here for coach Adazio and his staff. And I want to ask you more about that too in, in a minute, but uh, so just to go back on that waiver issue, is that done through the NCAA? Is it, is it a process that just takes too yeah. long for your liking where you have to submit an application and then wait, wait, wait. And then you yeah. want to get to a situation where you did transfer and, and get enrolled into a school and then find out later that you didn't get your immediate eligibility. Yeah, absolutely. So the thing about it, that's really kind of weird to me was I, from my understanding going in before I went into the portal is that you could like kind of, you can do this waiver and then you can kind of see, Oh, it passed or it didn't pass. And then you can go, okay, well I can leave. Or if it didn't pass where it's like, Oh, I can always stay back. So it's kind of like, for me, it was kind of like a win-win where if it passes, great, I'm going to go play. If it doesn't pass great, I'm going to stay here and, and play in the spring or whenever that's going to be. But, but then I get in there telling me that it's going to take, you know, a week to a month to six months. Like there's like, like it's through the NCAA. So, every single person's different. It takes a different amount of time. And, you know, sometimes it's a week, sometimes it's a two weeks, you know, but there's never like a, so it's just kind of like, well, like I'm not going to know if I'm going to play, like it could be the first game and I'm still waiting for my waiver like that, like that would irritate me. So it's just, I mean, I, it just, I, it, it didn't sound appealing to me and that's, and that's ultimately why I stayed. So trade, um, it's been kind of a roller coaster the last month. Four weeks ago, it's announced that we wouldn't play non-conference games. Then three weeks ago, um, uh, the schedule was coming out. They were they were said that we would start on September 26th and right. and uh, play an eight-game Mountain West schedule. Then two weeks ago, they decided to close postpone the fall season. What's the communication been like from? from the athletic department and from the coaching staff and, and how did that, how did that shape your thought process going into the portal and then coming back? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the coaching staff has been unbelievable with the um, communication that they have gave and brought to us. I mean, obviously a lot of this is unknown for, for them and, and, I mean, this is unknown for everybody, but the, the coaching staff has been great in communicating. With, when Coach Adasio finds something out, he immediately lets us know with with a team meeting or, or whatever's going to happen. But, I mean, it's there's just so many unknowns, and, and really nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody 
and not one person can tell you what the future is going to be like in football and, and when we're going to play next or, but they can tell you what they think and, and what, so it's just, it's hard. And it's, it's definitely um, a lot of unknowns and, and the coaching staff has been great with communicating to the players and letting them know anything that they find out as soon as they find out, they, they're really good about letting us know. How much uh, did you talk to Manny through all of this? Manny Jones. Yeah, actually, uh, I talked to him quite a bit. Um, and, I, and I talked to him when I was still dead set on transferring. And I, and I just was like, dude, it's – I'm like, I've, I've been talking to a ton of schools, but I'm like, it's just it's – not, it's not Colorado State, man. I'm like, it's, it might sound awesome going and playing for these big SEC schools, but I'm like, this I, – I was just – you know, I was telling him exactly what I thought. And I, and I, I mean, I would have been happy for him either way, but he – he loves it here and I mean he's just a guy that wants to play football and wants and that's I mean that's what we need on this team is just guys who love the game of football and and that's um and that's what he wanted to do he wanted to go play football and and I'm super glad he ended up staying and 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 stuff like that because he's an awesome player awesome guy and and stuff like that but it, it worked out and I'm glad he he decided to turn around and, and come back yeah that's great it's great for all of us because um there was hit after hit you know, yeah. for the last couple of weeks with um, with a lot of the allegations and stuff that I also want to ask you about. But to see that Warren Jackson was was foregoing his senior year, and you yeah. guys, you and Manny, had both decided you were going to transfer. So when you when when we finally got a bit of good news, I know that the reanimation message boards were a much happier place <laughs> uh, in the, uh, these last couple of days after hearing that news. So. That's great, and we're glad to have you back. So I know it's a different situation with Warren. It stinks to lose him, but that, that's the right decision for him, right? I mean, to, to get ready for the NFL rather than play potentially a spring shortened season or whatever that's going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's, uh, I think he's doing the right thing, and I, I think he, he definitely could have left uh, last year, um, but he wanted to stay another year. He wanted to prove himself and, and you know, improve on his weaknesses and it's unfortunate that he's not able to come and play one more season with us because he's a heck of a ball player and and an awesome guy to be around but uh, I think he's going to do awesome things and he's he's going to make it to where he wants to make it and and I'm I'm really happy for him I think he's going to do an awesome job in the NFL. Did not leaving your brother weigh into your decision at all I mean I know that he he had hung up the cleats decided to come back you know, he's gone through injuries and, and whatnot and, and thought he was going to maybe give up football and, and ultimately decide he was going to come back and play this year. Did that weigh in at all, wanting to play with your brother one last year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, not very many people can say that they played college football, let alone high school football with their brother. I mean, this is an unbelievable opportunity and um, definitely didn't want to leave. Um, but he was also very, very um, – he was very happy and willing to, you know, help me in any way that he could and, and give me the best advice. He, you know, he was actually extremely supportive and, and wanting to, wanted me to do what's best for me. Um, I mean, he, he could have cared less if I left or stayed. Obviously, I'm sure he's super happy I stayed, um, but, but he just wanted what I wanted best. I mean, that's what, that's the kind of person he is and that's what it, that's what it is. And he, um, he was super supportive and super helpful through this whole thing. And, 
And I talk to him five times a day, you know, for advice, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And, and he was always super honest and, and able to help me in any way that he could. It was unbelievable. So with this supposed move of the season to spring. Yeah. How confident are you that there can and will be a season? Uh, obviously, we're all kind of hoping that this SEC, ACC, uh, Big 12 experiment this fall works because that gives us a much better chance to play in the spring. Um, so right. that would be nice. Uh, but has anything been communicated to you guys on that level? Um, and then on a, you know, as a follow-up, if there is a spring season, do you think that there needs to be a limit on the number of games? You know, because if we're playing – 10, 12 games in the spring, and then another 12 in the fall. Right. That's, that's a lot for a, for a collegiate student athlete, I would think, but I would love to get your opinion. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, um, there's still a lot of unknowns, and I think the coaching staff and uh, Joe Parker, the AD, is, are actually in the works of trying to figure all that out right now. And, and last I heard, they were um, going to try to figure that out in the next couple of weeks, um, kind of give us a, you know, what the schedule is going to look like, what's – you know, what are the rules going to be? But I think, I think just like you said, I think it should be a little bit of a shorter season. Um, you know, it's going to be different for sure. Um, playing, playing in the cold, is going to be, it's going to be totally different, but um, I think it's going to be good. I hope it happens. I hope everything goes through and we're able to play football because most importantly, I think guys just want to get back on the field and, and do what they love and that's playing football. But um, yeah, that's, I mean, we're hoping for the best. Um, I know we're preparing and getting ready like we're going to be playing in the in the spring. And then um, when that comes around, we're going to hopefully play and, and we're going to be prepared to go when we do. So I know that football activities were suspended. For, uh, are they still suspended? Yeah. Uh, we okay. Are still, we're still suspended. And uh, actually, we talked um, a little bit and, and they're talking about getting back um, – either the end of this week or hopefully next week we'll start running and lifting. And, and then they're doing like uh, the NCAA passed a rule where we get 12 hours a week where we can, you know, start playing football, have helmets on um, shoulder pads. We can, you know, kind of start playing football again, which will be awesome to just get back on the field and, and get back to it a little bit. Uh, yeah. That was going to be my next question. So <laughs> you answered that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Was there a consensus from the team about, playing this fall did everyone want to play or did you know were you aware of players that weren't quite comfortable we had a little bit of an outbreak uh on the team and then you know just just with knowing half the conferences aren't playing what was there a level of discomfort from players that you know of or was everyone yeah. pretty much on board yeah so I only knew of one player that was um considering the opt-out um rule I don't know if they were going to or not but I know they're considering it and it was just more of because he didn't want to get sick and then, you know, after the game, talk to his family and get his family sick. It was more of, more for his family. Didn't want to, you know, compromise his family and, and their health for – so that was the main thing, I know. Um, but as far as I know, we talked as a team a lot, obviously, with everything that was going on. We talked a lot, and everybody wanted to play football. Everyone wanted to, you know, take the risk and, and go for it. And it was a bummer that it didn't work out. but. Um, I'm hoping, you know, here in the next few months, things will kind of start to die down and, and come spring, you know, there'll be a vaccine or something and we'll be, you know, ready to roll and, and be able to play football as soon as possible. If you were the Mountain West commissioner, I mean, 
how do you think you would have handled this? Do you see their side of, of why they canceled or would you have liked to have said, hey, we're gonna play. Of course, anyone who doesn't feel comfortable, you can opt out, you don't lose your scholarship, you don't lose eligibility. Um, how would you have in, liked to have seen this season gone? Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely, you know, I definitely see both sides of the, of the argument, but um, I just, I think that it's important to play football. I think that football, you know, is like what brings a lot of people together. I think it's, it's an unbelievable uh, thing and I might be a little biased, but I think, uh, I think football is like the heart of, I mean, all the sports, they, they bring in, you know, a lot of the revenue and, and stuff like that. So it's, I think it's just, it needed to happen and it's a, it's a bummer that it wasn't able to. And, um, I'm really hoping that this spring that they can figure something out where we can play because um, without football, I'm, it's just, it's, it's tough and it's a lot different um, for sure. It's just, I have way too much downtime and I, I don't like it. <laughs> we all do, bud. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not no, the best. And, it's not, and nothing on TV to watch. I mean, it's just, it's a bummer, but I think um, I'm hoping they can figure something out in the spring. Well, we know we uh, we look forward to the fall every every year, obviously, because we've got football and tailgating and and getting together and and to have that ripped out is it, it's it stinks. But uh, I know that you guys have it worse. You know, this is your livelihood. This is what you guys have been working for every each yeah. other year. It's a bummer. To to be a little more positive note, so last uh, at the end of the last season, it, it seemed like you and a. Uh, POB really started connecting on the field. Was there anything to that? Was there like extra reps, you know, whenever he was learning the playbook or, I mean, it just seemed like you two gelled, especially, I mean, looking at that, uh, was it the Fresno and, and New Mexico games? I mean, you just, you destroyed other, other teams. So wondering kind of what the, the symmetry was with you two. Or the yeah. I think Sorry. <laughs> I think Patrick just maybe got a little bit more comfortable back there in the pocket. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously he didn't start the beginning of the half or beginning of the uh, season and uh, kind of came in. And I think he just got a little more comfortable in what he was doing, what the offense was doing. And then obviously uh, the more and more that we play together, the, uh, the more chemistry that's going to be built. And he, I think he started to trust me a little bit more and, and wanted to throw the ball my way, um, knowing that I was going to come down with it. And then, you know, after you make – that's the thing is after you make a couple good grabs for the quarterback, they – it always seems to come back to you and, and they, you know, they just build that trust that if they throw the ball to you, they expect it to be caught. And that's and that's what I uh, I think happened with me and Pat is, is he's just – I think he got a little bit more comfortable in the pocket and and he, um, you know, we just, we just started gelling a little bit more and it was just – it was just him getting more comfortable, I think, is what it was. During this uh... – during the soft time, obviously you weren't having organized practices, but were you, were you guys able to, to throw and, and work on, work on some of the footwork and, and timing? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, with all the quarterbacks that have came in, uh, we have a transfer from Temple and we've all been, you know, doing seven on seven, doing pass routes and stuff. Just, just making sure that when the time comes, we're ready to roll and, and we're not going to, you know, take a step back when, like we're going to keep moving forward during this time off and, and do everything we can to continue to get better and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's been great throwing routes with, you know, these guys, it's, it's awesome. You can see that there's pieces on this roster that, that this, this program seems like it, it can take that next step up. And I've seen you have comments. I know there's been other players have comments about, it seems like the culture is changing. 
just curious to get your opinion on why you feel confident that this program is ready to take the next step. And Yeah, absolutely. I think that we have everything um, on this team that we need. We have, I think our defense this year is going to be outstanding. Um, from the few practices that we had, they're just some tough dudes that, that want, I mean, they're just some tough guys that want to play football and, and, and stuff like that. And I think we have everything we need. Um, I mean, we brought in a ton of uh, JUCO and grad, grad transfer alignment to, you know, up front, get a little tougher, get bigger, stronger, older. And we really do have everything we need. Um, I, I mean, I don't think there's a position on the field that, that is lacking somebody or something. And I, I think it's unbelievable. And um, I think we have all the pieces – you know, we just got to put them together and, and, and that's just coming getting on the field and, and practicing and, you know, gelling together as a team. And I think, I think we have everything that we need to be successful and, and win a conference championship. And, and I fully expect that um, out of this team. Now you've been, you've been fairly outspoken uh, in regards to, to coach Adazio. Uh, when he was hired, I mean, you made, you made some very positive comments about, about the, the, the new the new staff that was coming in um, and obviously over the last few weeks um, you you have mentioned you know what he's brought in your opinion like kind of describe the difference that this program has uh, compared to the last few years yeah absolutely I uh, I'm definitely uh, not here to talk any not talk bad about my, coach Mike Bobo. I think he was an unbelievable coach and did everything in his power to, to win us a, a ton of games. It was just, we fell, we fell short a, a few times. Um, but uh, he, I, I think coach Adazio is, he's just bringing a lot of hard nose toughness and, and stuff up front. He's a offensive line guru. And, and that's what he's about is, is be you know being tough and wanting to win and that I mean and he's just he's just one of those guys who's going to be a hundred percent transparent and honest with you and and his staff is I mean it's just a lot of a lot of good people that are around and and stuff like that and I think it's going to be awesome for us he's uh he's he's doing everything he can to make us successful and and stuff like that and I'm I'm thrilled that he's our coach. Now you had eight practices in obviously before this end. Uh, before the lockdowns and the quarantines happened, yeah. what what were those practices like? Yeah, absolutely high intensity. I mean, he's he's on the field, jumping around, yelling, screaming. He's he's on the field, doing everything he can, and it's it's awesome. It's it's a fast paced practice. I mean, everything's full speed. You're you're running, sprinting everywhere, and and it's just a tough practice. Like he's he's real big into upfront blocking and and stuff like that, and it's just that's what he's all about is, is, you know, uh, toughness. And, and that's what his culture, he wants to bring toughness to the, to the table. And that's exactly what he was installing into our head is we're going to be the toughest team that, that, you know, in this conference. And, and I, and we're very, very capable of doing that. It's he's, I mean, it was an unbelievable eight practices. It's unfortunate. We didn't get more, honestly. Like Mike said, you've been outspoken in your support of the staff and you just outlined a lot of the reasons why there. How does that align with some of the allegations that have happened over the last couple of weeks? First, there was the allegations that the coaching staff and the athletic department was not adhering to COVID-19 protocols and encouraging players to hide uh, their, their symptoms and reporting and some coaches weren't wearing masks and it just went on and on with some of the stuff. So we'll start there and then 
And then obviously there was a even more disturbing report with, with several people making allegations. So just what have you seen? How, how does your viewpoint align with, with those reports? Yeah, absolutely. I think Coach Dazio has done everything above and beyond of, of what, it, what it took. I mean, he – the protocols, and then he added some. I mean, he's, he's been so careful with everything in COVID. He's actually – it's been crazy. He'll go out of practice, and it seems like the whole time he's yelling at everyone to keep their face masks up because – I mean, it's, it's hard, obviously, when you're running around and stuff, you know, sometimes they'll just fall off, slip off and, and stuff like that. So he was really, you know, anal about everybody, you know, keeping their, keeping their face mask up and, and stuff like that. And then obviously every time you would come into the facility, you'd have to do, you know, a symptom check and make sure, you know, that your temperature was fine and that you didn't have any symptoms. And then it was just a whole ordeal and it was just, you know, it was crazy to me, but. I mean, you had to, every time you would touch something, you would have to either have a gloves on or they would spray it down and clean it before the next person touched it. It was, I mean, it was unbelievable how, how organized and stuff this, this coaching staff was when such a, you know, it's something that just came upon them and they did a great job handling it and, and took it to the next step and, and made sure that, you know, we were in the safest environment that we could possibly be in. Um, and I thought he did a great job. So I was, I was absolutely shocked when I saw the, uh, the article and I was just, I was disappointed that, that someone would even say that because um, it was just far from true. Um, and same with the racial, um, you know, stuff like that. I, I thought it was, obviously it's a little bit different uh, for me, but I, I haven't seen anything like that. And I, um, I would hate, um, it's just it's a bummer that, that that even is brought up to Coach Adazio and how the kind of person he is. If you knew him, he's he's the opposite of all of that, and he's you know he's there to help people and, and make them you know a better person. And and th to that even be brought up and and put on his name is is just a it's horrible to even think about and and stuff like that. It's so I hope uh, everything you know gets cleared up and and stuff like that, and we're able to you know get back to it as soon as possible. Yeah, I know that. Sorry, ahead, Joel. I know I know that Joel and I had talked about how, you know, it's kind of unfair to, to project something onto Coach Adazio when he hadn't been here that long. So it, it, it's it's great hearing your perspective on that last part. Um, with the with the COVID uh, situation, do you think? I mean, in your opinion, do you think some players might have misunderstood something from a coach? Um, to even have those, to even have those thoughts, because I mean, the way you described it, and I mean, just for me as an elementary PE teacher, I know all the protocols that I have to go through right. <laughs> just to play, just to play tag. I can't even imagine it, what it is compared to what you what you're having to do. Right. So, do you think that that's the the possibility, the only explanation for it, or or yeah. what? I'm entirely sure. I'm thinking, you know, maybe someone misunderstood something and, and, you know, maybe got the wrong idea from what he was trying to project. Um, or, you know, I mean, I honestly have no clue what it could be. I, I it might, you know, I, it's, it's really hard to say uh, what it, what it is, but um, it's definitely someone who misunderstood something because the way that these, this staff has, has been handling things has been, you know, over the top, not definitely um, over than under um, for sure. So this fall, uh, what what will you do? I mean, obviously, I think they, they said that they're going to figure out some sort of a 10-hour-a-week plan for teams that aren't right. playing games. What will it be like for you this fall 
outside him, obviously you usually spend more than 10 hours a week on football yeah, in the fall. But what are you going to uh, fill your time with uh, otherwise? Kind of being a, a, a normal student that might be kind of different and, and maybe nice for you? Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get good grades for once in my life. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just – but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be – it's going to be different for sure. I'm going to have uh, way more free time uh, than I've ever had in the fall in my life. I mean, I've been playing football since I was young. I've never really, you know, I've never really, this is the first time I've really gone without football in a really long time. So it's going to be different. And I'm, uh, I think, you know, I might, I don't know, it's going to be you know, a lot of on our own workouts because, you know, 10 hours, a, 10 hours a week. I mean, I, I don't know if that includes meetings and stuff like that. So it's going to be a lot more on your own stuff and, and just the accountability of guys who want to get better and want to, you know, uh, get, you know, just want to per excel their game. I think that a lot of it's just going to be on your own, but um, it's definitely going to be different and with school being online and stuff is I'm going to spend a lot more time at my house than I'd like to in the fall, but um, it is what it is. And I'm, I just want to, you know, get back to some normalcy and, and get practicing and, and stuff like that. Even if it is only 10 to 12 hours a week, I think that'll be good for us. One more question related to uh, to actually playing, uh, which we would love to have you on next spring, hopefully when there's a football season and, and talk about actual on-field stuff. But, you know, you were a local kid. You grew up in Fort Morgan. You take pride in CSU and owning the state. One of the things that we did not do very well under the previous regime was win rivalry games. Any thoughts on why that went so awry. I, mean, I think we were at, what, two and 13 under Mike Bobo and, and rivalry games. And how has Coach Adazio in the limited time that he's been here in this staff addressed that? Yeah, that's, uh, it's actually been really cool. Coach Adazio, I mean, obviously we were planning on playing September 5th um, and that was going to be against Colorado. But I mean, every, every day since the second he got hired, that was something he talked about every day. Um, every meeting he talked about going out there, playing to you, playing them and, and just killing them. I mean, that's just, that's something that he's been installing in our heads since the second he got hired. Um, and that's been awesome. I think it's been great because, you know, being from Colorado, the rivalry just means a little bit more. I think just, you know, it, you hear it, you know, hear it around the state, you hear it, you know, people from home who love see you, you know, I just, you hear it a lot more and, and, and I think it's it's going to be awesome. And when we're able to play again, I think we're going to come out and we're going to be ready to roll because um, he's just been installing in our brain that that you know rivalries are the most important games. You know, you could you could lose every game and win all your rivalries, and and you know it, it seems more of a successful season than than you know winning seven games. You know, but it's just rivalry games are so important, and, and winning those games just you know projects you just to keep winning keep winning and, and I think that when time comes we're going to be ready to roll and we're going to just you know win our rivalry games because that's super important to Coach Adazio and, and his staff. When, when you were at Fort Morgan um, did, did you play any other sports? Yeah I played baseball and uh, basketball and I was yeah that's that's what I did. Yeah Michael this is, I was going to ask him about this because you know what he's the school record holder uh, for most points in basketball and he's also the home run leader in baseball. You and I are baseball guys, so I, that, that, that's cool. When were your years and your brother's years at Fort Morgan? So my freshman and sophomore year um, were his junior and senior year. So I had two years with him. And then I also have a twin brother who uh, excelled in sports as well. And, and I was, so all three of us were on the same team uh, my freshman and sophomore year. 
And what, what, and what years were those? Uh, 14 and 15 or no, 15 and 16, 15 and 16. Okay. Then did your brother, then I, I coached against your brother when your brother was in high school. I was at Inglewood high school, uh, coaching football and, and, and baseball. So unfortunately, <laughs> you know, we were, we were in that new league, that Colorado seven. So, yeah. so okay. I got to, I, I, I got to coach at Fort Morgan, uh, a few times. So but, yeah, yeah, I definitely, uh, and it's a little different. remember some of those. <laughs> yeah. It's a little different than Inglewood, man, for sure. Uh, it's, yeah. you know, that's the thing. It's everyone comes and says it stinks and <laughs> our bunch of country boys, you know, it's, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. My, my wife's from Haxton. I know that I know the area well, yeah. so, Absolutely. but so playing those others, those other sports, how, how did that help you, um, uh, grow as a football player uh, into a division one football player playing basketball and baseball. Yeah. I think basketball is just one of those sports that um, the running and the jumping, it just increases your leg strength. And, and then you're obviously your hand-eye coordination. You have to have really good hand-eye coordination to, to play basketball. And, and I think same with baseball. I mean, hitting a baseball is one of the hardest things that you'll ever have to do. And, and not very many people can hit a baseball, um, but it's a, I think just playing those sports and, and excelling in other sports was, was something that really helped me, you know, just having different skill sets, not, you know, not just playing football 24 seven year round. I think playing these other sports is actually more beneficial than, than just focusing on one thing and playing sport uh, football, because you learn, you know, you learn all these different sports, you become more athletic, you become, you know, your hand-eye coordination increases because you have to catch a baseball, throw a baseball. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that just helped you all the way around and, and playing these different sports was awesome. Well, last question for me, Trey, you know, I, we should be just a couple of weeks away from, from, from hosting CU for the first time in yeah. a long time, uh, 25 years in Fort Collins. Uh, so that is very depressing. I know that fans have, uh, our, our fans now have to look at least to pushing off our, our football season for another six months or so. Right. But, Trying to keep in the positive mind frame here, can you give us why we should be excited about this next this next uh, version of CSU football? Yeah, absolutely. I think we have the right guy, um, you know, leading our program. I think uh, Coach Adazio is is the perfect guy, and I think he was the right hire for this this job. And he's he's coming in with a ton of experience, and he's he brought all of his guys with him who are unbelievable people, really intelligent, really smart guys that that love the game of football. And I know they're itching to, to be back and wanting to play, but I mean, we have everything we need to be successful. We have the guys, we have the coaching, we have the facilities. I mean, we have more than enough to be successful. And I think uh, coach Adazio is going to come in and, and run with it. He, I mean, he was, he's going to do a great job. And I know um, he loves being here in Fort Collins. He wants to be here for a long time and, and win a lot of football games here at Colorado state. And that's, that's something I know he plans on doing, and, and I think he's going to be very successful and, and do just that. So, I know, watching Coach Dazio's uh, BC team, uh, their offense was a little bit different than what Joey, uh, Coach Lynch's offense at Ball State was running. Um, yeah. Joel and I had a couple of opportunities to talk with Coach Dazio, and he said that, that the play calling is going to go towards Coach Lynch. Um, how do you think that will help? having a head coach that's not focusing on just the play calling and having your offensive coordinator who 
is designing it and, and setting everything up. Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. It's actually kind of a cool thing. They actually merged like both offenses and, and we're running some of the stuff that they ran at BC and then we're running a lot of stuff that he ran at Ball State. And it's actually really cool to, you know, you learn a lot. You learn about, you really learn in like two different offenses kind of a thing. And it's actually really interesting and, and stuff like that. But I think Coach Lynch is an unbelievable guy, a guy full of energy, smart. Um, you know, he loves loves football. And that's something that's really cool is he's, I mean, that's his only job right now is just to call plays and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's obviously he coaches the quarterbacks too, but he he's going to be an unbelievable coach. And he, I mean, in the little bit of time that we had together, he was doing all the right things and calling the right plays and getting guys in the right position to make the play. And, and I think that's what's awesome is he's, you know, he's really good at putting guys in position that, that they're capable of, of making the play, and, you know, whether it's, like, he's not going to put me on a route that makes me, you know, run by somebody. He's going to make – he's going to put, you know, a Dante Wright, you know, someone who's a little he's, – he's putting guys in position to to be successful, and that's what I think is most important and is going to make this team successful. Well, Trey, it's been uh, awesome catching up with you. Michael, yeah. do you have anything else? Yeah, I do have one more question. Who is the greatest tight end out of Fort Morgan, Colorado? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I actually talked to him recently, but uh, Joel, I mean, Joel's an awesome guy and, and he's, he's someone that I look up to. I mean, he's a good person and he's always, he's always willing to help me. And he's, I mean, he's awesome. Um, absolutely. He's, he played a lot of long time in the NFL, which is hard to do and, and stuff like that, but he's, he's an awesome guy and someone I still talk to, you know, once a week, if not more than that, he's, he's an unbelievable person. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Great to hear that. Yeah, no, he's he he blow me out of what maybe uh, he's getting a little old now, but I mean he's he's off. He would he would blow me out of the water for sure. Well, appreciate your time, man, and uh, hang in there this fall. Would love to catch up with you again in the spring and, and talk some uh, some real football, and, and hopefully you guys are getting your pads on and yeah, and gearing up so. for a season. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me and and stuff like that. It was awesome talking to you, and just looking forward to talking to you guys soon. Yeah, great talking to you. Great to meet you. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Trey. Go Rams. Go Rams. Go Rams. All right. That was Trey McBride, a fantastic conversation with a fantastic student-athlete representative of CSU Athletics and CSU as a whole. Very well-spoken, very kind-hearted, sharp guy. And um, you feel for him because he wants to play really badly. He wants to continue to get better and position himself for the NFL. And, and you cannot blame him for wanting to test the waters and see if there was an opportunity for him to play this fall. Uh, I'm glad that, uh, that there was a great fallback situation for him to come back to CSU when that didn't pan out. So very much looking forward to having him for the next couple of years here at CSU. And hopefully for his sake and all the student athletes sake that they'll be able to to rekindle a football season this fall. So uh, thank him for his time. Spent 45 minutes with us. And thank Mike Rowe. Thank you, Mike, for, for always joining us each week and for all your, your commentary and insights. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. I want to remind you, please, please support our sponsors, Mighty River Brewing Company and Ginger and Baker, two amazing people that run those businesses and two great Ram Nation sponsors. Hope everyone has a great rest of the week. Bill Rams.